Well, good morning. Glad to be here with you. I'm excited to bring the word to you, and I pray, and I hope you pray with me that utterance is given to me for your sake. (laughs) We've heard this word many times, that we need all hands on deck. All hands on deck. There is a great mobilization of the body of Christ in this hour. Come on, even just put your hands up for a moment and say, Lord, use my hands for your kingdom, for your purpose. I'm all in. In Jesus' name. There's no spectators in the kingdom. We all have a role. We all have a place. We all have a divine distinctive We all have a unique fit in the family of God and a unique grace and God-given abilities to contribute to the church and to the work of the kingdom in the earth. Amen? Whether you're at home changing diapers or whether you're leading a company or whether you're shepherding and counseling people, regardless of your station of life, there is a kingdom, there is a mission, there is a call, and we all have a purpose that we must understand and fully engage in and fully participate in. As a body, as a church, as a community, the goal for Jesus Christ or his people is that we would be one, as the Lord God is one, and that we would walk and run together with one heart, with one mind, with one voice, and labor together, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, for the progress of the gospel. We're meant to have a united vision, a united purpose, and everybody participating. Not just the select few. All. Come on, say all. (laughs) We have to get activated, and we have to learn to let the power of God flow through our lives. Come on, we need the power of God operative in and through our lives. You and I are an agent of the kingdom. Amen? Come on, say it. I'm an agent of the kingdom. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach good news. To bind up the brokenhearted. To set captives free. To comfort those who mourn in Zion. And to bestow upon them beauty for ashes. Yeah. Joy for their mourning. (laughs) And a mantle of praise. Instead of the spirit of heaviness. Come on, that's part of your and mine and our job description. You got it? (laughs) Are you doing it? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Listen, we cannot ignore the continual warning signs that have been shouting at us over and over and over by the Spirit of the Lord. God is speaking loudly to us, redundantly to us. I hope that we are hearing the Word of the Lord, marking His voice and aligning ourselves with it. Friends, that requires that we slow down, pull over, And attend to the things that are out of order and misaligned in our lives and our hearts. Do you hear what I'm saying? In all of the activity, in all of the demand, you still have to slow down enough to hear the whisper of the voice 
You must still orient your life around what he is asking of you and saying to you. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Religious activity and your earthly responsibilities cannot supplant the call of God on you today and in this season. You can always find good things that distract you from the word of the Lord. And simple obedience, complete obedience, because partial obedience is disobedience. God requires radical submission and obedience to his voice. And this is what keeps us in step with his purpose and allows us to prosper in his purpose. At every level of our lives. It requires us to slow down, to take heed. But this also is about God preparing us for entrustment with more. The sanctification and call to consecrate ourselves, to get ready, to prepare. This is what the Lord's been saying to us, has he not? Prepare, 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 get ready, consecrate yourself. Take heed. This is not only to bring alignment to our lives, to rid us of the destructive ways and idolatry that causes us to be plundered and oppressed by the devil, not only does he want us to live in the fullness of freedom that we can live in what he's ordained for us, but he wants to entrust us with more, friends. And this preparation of soul is a prerequisite for greater measures of his power and his glory resting on you and being administered through you. Come on. I'm a vessel. You are a vessel. You're an ambassador and agent of the kingdom. That's who you are, beloved. God wants to plead through your life. He's put glory in your earthen, weak frame. He wants to reveal himself with glory and splendor and power through the church of Jesus Christ in this hour. No longer is the church to be mocked among the nations. God is raising up an ecclesia. God is raising up a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. A people that will be radiant and beautiful and moral and powerful with divine wisdom and redemptive solutions to culture and society. That's who we are. That's who you are. The sanctification and chastisement and discipline of the Father in this season is to conform you to his image, but to prepare you for more. He will have a house of glory and a community that can bear the weight of his glory. And that's what we're being prepared for. That's why we must lean into God's refining fire. Because if we don't prepare, all we do is invite judgment upon our lives. When God wants us to stand with confidence when it's all going down. <laughs> he wants us to stand unoffended when it's all going down. He wants us to stand as active participants, as a bride in complete, complete unity with the Spirit, saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. I've prepared myself, and I've done my work to prepare the earth and bear witness to your work and your coming. He wants a bride, and that's why we must get ready, friends. And he wants to use us in an amazing way. Heaven is speaking as the scriptures say in Hebrews 12, see to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking from heaven. We are invited in this season to draw near to God. 
to draw near to him, to call upon him while he may be found. God's drawing us into greater places of partnership and the place of prayer that we can help give birth literally to the work of the Spirit in our midst. Do you understand? Corporate prayer and private intercession, they matter. What we do when we're singing songs to Jesus, when we gather as a community, is not just a cute affair. It is a corporate weapon to loose the government of God on the earth. Our high vocation as a royal priesthood is to pray, is to declare, is to prophesy, is to offer praise that shifts environments and changes the atmosphere so God's kingdom can be revealed and the people coming into that zone of presence can be healed and run into the knowledge of God and come to a saving reality of Jesus Christ. Come on, my God's not dead. He's not a totem pole. We don't sing songs to just an ancient one of past days that we merely hear myths about. We sing to a living God who's alive now. We sing at his face, and he interacts with us. He speaks to us. He speaks through us. Friends, we have to give ourselves to the place of prayer and worship. God truly does move at the sound of our voice. Your voice, our voice matters before God. Do you believe that? The voice that is lifted up with faith accomplishes much. It really does. When we pray and praise in faith, things happen. Things happen. What's being shaken that can be shaken will be shaken. So that what's unshakable can remain in our lives, in our community. God is preparing the earth for an unshakable kingdom, friends. God's kingdom, eternal, forever, unmoving. This is what's breaking in and what we're being prepared to inherit. Do you hear what I'm saying? Friends, it is an hour to pray. When Elijah discerned the times of a great transition in the nation, he set his face to prayer. He persisted in the place of intercession until the heavens broke open. He prayed until he birthed what God wanted to do. This is a time to pray. The heavens are heavy. The heavens are heavy with God's purpose in this hour. We have to pray it through, friends. Zechariah 10 says, In the days of the latter rain, pray for the rain. Do you understand? When it's time, when God's doing something, He doesn't just always sovereignly do it unless He finds agreement on the earth. You and I, as the church, are the gate of heaven. When we agree on earth, we unlock what is in heaven to be released here and now. This is part of the vocation of praying and the praying church that in the right season, in the right time, to pray in accordance with the will of God and ascertain answers to get breakthrough. This is a time of fulfillment. And in every hour of fulfillment and God doing something or advancing, taking territory for the gospel, he literally activates the church to pray. I love in Jeremiah 31, in this great context of God restoring his covenant with his people and bringing them back from where he had scattered them, he talks about, he says, they will come with weeping from the nations, and by their supplication or prayers, I will lead them. Do you understand that it's as we cling to him and set our face to pray that we find ourselves being escorted and ushered into the purpose and will of God.
We find ourselves moving into what it says next, the streams of water, the level path where they will not stumble because I, the Lord, am a father to Israel. And Ephraim is my firstborn. It's with grace and supplication that God energizes us to pray. The issue is, are we participating and answering the God who is calling to us? Hey, seek my face. Hey, turn away from your distractions. Hey, I'm talking to you. Don't be so busy in your life and building your own house that you forget my house, my kingdom, my purpose. It's all coming down. Amen. It's all coming down. And God is giving what we need to go up and build for his purpose. But we have to know it and be in agreement and give ourselves entirely to it. Come on, say amen. amen. Do you agree? Yeah. Marry your faith with what I'm saying to you. If it's not from the Lord, forget it. But if it's from the Lord, you better say yes and amen in your spirit. That's the only way the word of God will profit you. Otherwise, you'll stay deaf and dumb. That's what the scriptures say. <laughs> God truly is releasing groans of intercession. There's a drawing of the Spirit of God upon us. Friends, we have to be drawn into the passion of his heart to pray. I pray that we can participate with God in greater ways. I'm saying there must be a proper response to the gospel and the mercy of God in this hour. He is calling to us. All over scripture, we look at Romans 12, Hebrews 12, great transitional moments in both these books after laying out the gospel, the glory of Jesus Christ. It calls for response that in light of what God has done for you and I, we must fully give ourselves as living sacrifices. What is your response to God in this season? How are you responding? Proper response looks like an utterly surrendered life. A life that is a living sacrifice yielded to his divine will and purpose. It looks like wholeheartedness and fiery devotion and a life overflowing with prayer. It looks like gratitude. It looks like thanksgiving and abandoned praise. That means in this season, you can't be silent. Listen to me. You cannot afford silence. Your voice is a weapon. You must use it. That's why he gave you a sword of the Spirit to wield. Take it out of the sheath and put it to work, friends. Put it to work. It looks like sincere love for one another. It looks like an unoffendable heart and the practice of hospitality. It looks like a devotion to good works. Our response looks like patient endurance in affliction. It looks like choosing to joy in God and celebrate what he's doing and not be caught up in the drama of issues and circumstances, but to live supernaturally and recognize what he's saying and doing. It looks like the continual using of your spiritual gifts in service to the body of Christ. Are you doing that? Or are you just going on vacation? I'm not against vacation, I'm just saying. Are you using your spiritual gifts in active service to the work of the kingdom? Or are you checked out in vacation mode and coasting as a spectator? 
Hmm? That's for you to answer. Our response looks like humility as we bowed this morning under the weight of his glory out of our great need for him. It looks like love and care for those in need in our midst. Our proper response looks like blessing those who persecute you and truly overcoming resistance and evil by doing good to them. It looks like forgiving your enemies and those who hate you. Come on. When's the last time you aggressively, in a focused way, truly blessed and honored the person resisting you that you were angry with, hurt by, offended with, where you really overcame the wickedness in your own soul by loving them, praying for them, and doing good to them. <laughs> Come on, that is the wax on, wax off type practice, friends. That is something you must give yourself to in the grace of God. But that is our proper response in this season. It looks like making the most of every opportunity and stewarding our time. It looks like clinging to every word coming out of God's mouth, setting apart time to seek him. It looks like hunger and passion for Jesus and a real pursuit to just know him. And it also looks like bold evangelism, participation in the winning of souls, laying hands on the sick, and a heart and mind that's set on eternal things. Where is your thoughts? Where is your concern? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we looking for opportunities to share the gospel? If it is harvest time, how are we sowing seeds of the gospel to the world around us? To the peers and friends? There's tons of opportunity. You know, for the last like four and a half, five weeks, there's been like 35 evangelists with Tommy Zito's ministry all over New Hampshire going on the streets. There's about over 11,000 people converted in the last four weeks. Signs, wonders, conversions on the street, children evangelizing, evangelizing, adults evangelizing. Every day hitting the pavement and activating the church to get in the game. The fish want to jump in the boat. You just got to cast your net. You just got to open your mouth and take advantage of the opportunities before you. Look for them. Ears open for them. Eyes open to them. In your everyday life, in your coming and going, get in the game of evangelism. It's part of our proper response to what God is saying in this season. You're setting yourself up for a harvest in the next season. The seeds you sow today will bear fruit in the coming days. That's why we cannot grow weary in well-doing. That's why you have need of endurance. That's why you must stay focused. That's why you must not get discouraged and weighed down by the trials that you're underneath now. You must be renewed in hope and recognize what God is doing. I want to give you a few points to consider. Again, it's something I even shared in 2020 when I preached the message on being battle ready. But friends, we need to be giving to vigorous training in the spirit. Listen to me, vigorous training. This is not a time to grow weary and tired. It's not a time to shrink back or faint. It's a time for endurance and faith-filled tenacity. Are you with me? It's time to press in. Even if your, your advancement and efforts look and feel weak and needy of soul, that's okay. 
when you're dying, when you're growing, it feels like death. It feels like you're not doing anything right. Right? That's what sometimes growth and training looks like. You feel like, man, I'm not getting anything right. Come on, anytime you're learning something new, it feels awkward and has the feelings of, I'm not learning. It feels like I'm not growing. It feels like I don't have any competence in this area. But when you lean into that and learn to boast in weakness, you can trust that God is always at work in you. He's developing something in you. You can trust the trainer to produce what he's after in your heart and life. Come on, say amen. We have to live. We have to pray and act in and by faith in this season. That even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I can't see it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. It's the truth. We have to sharpen the axe in this time. Sow to the Spirit, and from the Spirit you will reap life. You have to be vigilant and awake in this time. Resist the devil. Stand firm in your faith, friends, and he will flee. Many of you are under demonic assault, battered with accusations in your mind and your heart, feel oppressed, self-condemned. Friends, stop agreeing with the devil. Believe the truth. Submit to God. Resist him. He will flee. Come on, you were ordained to overcome in this season. Amen? We got to realize we, we are not to serve our own appetites and pleasures in this season and be deceived. God is purging selfish ambition. God is purging self-preservation and a life that just wants to be lived for their own pleasure. God redeemed us and bought us by blood that we would not live for ourselves or our own desires, but for the will of God. Hear me. God purchased us for his will, for his purpose, not our own. Therefore, we must go into strict training as to win the prize. Come on. We got to get ready, friends. This is real. This is real. Again, I want to encourage you to sow in the opposite spirit of where you're being attacked and make the devil pay in this season. Come on, if you're being attacked with perverse thoughts in your mind, what should you do? Oh God, I'm so perverted. This is terrible. No, you see, that's not who I am. I renounce that. Lord, I thank you for purity and holiness, and I thank you for breaking the spirit of perversion over my life, my family, my community. Thank you, God, for setting captives free. You turn you turn the very place you're attacked into intercession and a weapon against the enemy. Make the devil pay. Stop being a punching bag and go on the attack. If you're struggling with mindsets of lack and fear of not having enough or how's God going to provide, what should you do? You should give, give, give. And defy that fearful lie of lack and poverty. And so abundantly punch the devil in the face. <laughs> Which, by the way, poverty thinking, scarcity thinking cannot inherit the season we're in or the seasons where we're going. You must transition out of that wilderness mentality and learn to think with a mind of abundance. Because in God's kingdom, there is no lack, and he will always provide what is necessary for the work. He has to destroy fear in our lives and do it at multiple layers and levels. God's doing it at greater levels in my soul. 
because there is greater demand for all of us to give at every level. I'm not just talking financially. I'm talking about when you feel like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I don't have... Give. So, into the Spirit. Live a supernatural life. I love what Steve said at our intern graduation. Know your limitations and then defy them. We're not mere mortals anymore. This is what the gospel has said. You must reconcile that in your heart. You either believe that or you don't believe that. You will either bow to human rationalism or you will believe the word of God and the wisdom of the mind of Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're not mere mortals. Come on, say, I'm not a mere mortal. I'm not a mere mortal. Come on. The gospel has brought to light life and immortality. Ha! Come on. That doesn't excite you. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. It's true. We have to reconcile that truth. So like Paul, who says, listen, I work harder than anyone, and yet it's not me. It's the Spirit of God working powerfully in me. We need to learn to run according to that energy of the Holy Ghost. There's a man living on the inside of you, and he wants to live through you. You just must learn to surrender and live by faith in the Son of God. This is where we're called to go. Greater levels of real faith in practice, in operation. So if you're attacked in a particular place, friends, you need to shift gears. Get out of your introspection and go into the mode of declaration. Go on the attack. Move in the opposite spirit. And this is one way that you grow in capacity, endurance, resilience, because guess what? You need it. Where we're going, there's more battles. There's more giants to fight, friends. There's more territories to conquer. If you think it's only going to get easier, you're wrong. You're wrong. You must get stronger. I must get stronger. We as a people must get stronger in the spirit that we can work in the kingdom of God the way we need to work. Amen? That we can labor the way we need to labor. So friends, sow into the spirit. Go on the attack mode. We cannot get worn out in this season. And if we are, friends, this is where you have to learn to wait on God and go deeper. Because those that wait upon the Lord, He will renew your strength. Those who have no strength or might, He gives it. This is what He does. If we faint under trial, the Bible says, how small is our strength? If we get worn out in the comfy season, what will we do in flood season? If you've been wearied by foot soldiers and mere men, how will you run with the horses, the scriptures say? <laughs> One of those other ways I want to encourage you in terms of vigorous training is enter into voluntary weakness through fasting and prayer. Voluntary weakness. Fasting allows your soul to be sown to the thing God is doing. It gives access to the greater operations of God's grace as we humble ourselves and exercise our faith in the place of surrender. When you fast and pray, it unlocks things inside of you. It makes you available to be used by God in greater ways. It breaks your human sensual compulsions that so many of us are enslaved to. God must set us free from sensuality that we can live by the Spirit. Fasting does that. 
The grace of God does that through the vehicle of fasting. Do you know what I'm saying? We have to draw near to God. We have to give consideration to our steps, but we also have to acknowledge God who is sovereign and at work. Remember, there's something bigger going on. Come on, say, it's bigger than me. <laughs> it's bigger than us, friends. God is on the move, and we can trust in his sovereign moving in our midst. When we feel weak, when your conscience wants to disqualify you, friends, don't look to that. You can acknowledge. This is where faith says, but God, you are moving, and I am here and saying, yes, I'm yours. Have your way in me. You're on the move. You don't have to fear. Don't let your emotions deceive you. Come on. Don't be bewitched by circumstances or emotions. Come on, shake that off real quick. <laughs> Don't be bewitched by how it feels. Don't be bewitched by the doctor's report. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let God sanctify you in this time. Let him break every system of control, every system of false judgments and law-based operation in your life. God's dealing with these areas at every level in all of us. He's dealing with these areas in me. He's killing greater levels of pride and selfishness. He's got to because more is required. We can't cover our weaknesses in any way or failures or try to save face or your reputation. Friends, that's idolatry and God must rout it out of us at every level so that the enemy can have nothing to pull on, to sabotage our walk. God wants to rid us of anger and quick-temperedness and hard Hardness of heart. Come on, God is crushing me in this area. Because, friends, we have to be a people of peace and tenderness and gentleness. We tend to get angry when things are outside of your control. God needs to break all of that and bring us to the place of peace and surrender. Where we can truly rest in him and operate out of contentment in God. God's got to break fear and unbelief. And as I said, poverty, thinking. He's preparing you to be of true service in hospitality and generosity. Friends, we've got to learn to love each other like never before. Like never before. Like never before. It's, part to, it's meant to be the sign and wonder the world is to marvel at. A people who love each other. It's by this that, that the world knows that we're actually Jesus' disciples. How we love each other. Much of the world cannot say that about the church. They would accuse us of very much the opposite. Friends, we have to be prepared to pull on heaven's wisdom for real solutions, to get real breakthroughs on behalf of others. We need to be sanctified so that we can be available to bring heaven to earth in a real way. This is what God is preparing us for. That's why I said we must be ready for radical obedience. Acts of surrender and faith. Ridiculous instructions from heaven to do things and say things that may seem foolish. Are you ready to look like a fool? Not all of you are ready to look like a fool. <laughs> Come on. You've got to be willing to look foolish in the eyes of the world. To do what God's asked you to do. You hear what I'm saying? He's going to ask you to do things. How many times have you just even seen in service here? This is just in a service, let alone out in your business or in culture and, or out in grocery stores or amongst those that are antagonists towards you. 
I mean, you've seen people in here that have felt compelled to scream at people's body parts, run around the tent, <laughs> give money, do all kinds of things. Why? They didn't want to do that, contrary to their personality or disposition. It's because God wants to humble the heart and allow his resurrection power to operate through the foolishness of obedience. For two weeks straight, we had words of Jericho, 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 people marching, shouting. Look at the, the foolishness of God's wisdom to exercise warfare, to destroy darkness and release his purpose. What? Every warfare tactic of God taking the promised land was different and unconventional. Are you ready for God's unconventional wisdom to mess up your life? You've got to be dead to yourself to do that. Some of you care way too much about what other people think. It's called the fear of man. It's idolatry, and you must repent. Point blank. We have to do it. I've had to kill that thing in me over and over and over. I know. I was an orphan who needed the, the praise of man to find value worth. I know. And I know that how the fear of man grips us because it's rooted to our identity when, you've not, when you're not secure in love. But God wants to settle you in love that you could fear him alone and be available to obey his voice. We have to be ready for the foolish commands <laughs> that lead to real breakthrough. <laughs> I want to end with this story and final point. Because listen, there is a great healing anointing that God is releasing in our midst. Hear me, this is a healing house. This is a healing community. We're going to provide redemptive solutions in wellness and healing to the region. But listen, in every move, in every revival, every significant activity of the spirit of the earth, massive healing, power, signs and wonders is part of that. Because the world needs a living God, a real Savior that can save them from the power and effects of sin and injustice. They need a Savior that can deal with their real problems in the here and now and give them a hope of, of an ultimate day of rest and comfort. God is releasing a healing anointing and he wants to use us to heal the sick, to pray for healing, to work and labor with God for miracles. There's a massive healing anointing being released in this season, and the harvest of souls demands it. That's why I said you must be activated and looking for opportunities to pray for the sick. I want to just recount to you briefly the, women, the woman with blood who reached out to touch Jesus. I just want to read the story briefly to you and highlight one point. So this is in Mark 5 or Luke 8. This is right after Jarvis came. His daughter was sick, was dying, and he came and asked Jesus to come. And he was on his way to go heal this little girl. And so it says, so Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years. She had borne so much agony, agony under the care of many physicians, and she had spent 
all that she had, but to no avail. Instead, her condition had only grown worse. How many, real quick, do we know are in that condition? Many in the church have spent all their wages on what not is true bread, looking to physicians to try to get help. People who need answers, solutions, people that are in agony, years of chronic suffering, anguish, suffering alone and in silence, spending everything that they have to try to get healed and still coming up short. This woman was desperate. She was desperate and she had faith. It says, when the woman heard about Jesus, she came up through the crowd behind him and reached out to touch his cloak. For she kept saying, if only I could touch his garments, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And at once, Jesus was aware that power had gone out from him. And turning to the crowd, he asked, who touched my garments? Who touched me? His disciples were perplexed, and they said, you can see the crowd pushing, pressing in all over you, and yet you ask, who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done this. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, trembling in fear, and she told him the whole truth. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free of your affliction. Such a powerful story. So many lessons here that I can't get into, but here's the one thing I want to bring out. Jesus said very clearly, and he was aware, tons of people were touching him. And there was a moment in time where he says he was aware that power left his body. Force left his body. That's amazing. One translation says virtue left his body. See, power and virtue, character, are intimately connected. See, God's divine nature is his glory and the source of his ability. God's divine nature flowed out of him to release healing. And friends, listen to me. That word power, strength, energy, virtue, is the word dynamis used 120 times in the New Testament. It's a significant word. It means miraculous power, inherent ability, strength, force. This same energy works in us who believe. It is the resurrection power that gives life to the dead, dwells in us. It gives life to your mortal body. God's divine power to heal is in you, wants to flow out of you. It's the same power that empowers you in this great work of sanctification in this season. The same God that wants to set you free and has set you free from the power of sin and death has been given to you by dynamite power by the Spirit of God. Listen, that's why we must cooperate and bow to the Lord and let him sanctify you through and through to deal with every place of brokenness in your life. Because when you do, there's greater operations of God's divine power and ability that will flow out of your earth and frame to heal the brokenhearted and set captives free. This is the power that works in us who believe. 
The lost and broken need a supernatural church moving in power. The world needs a supernatural church moving in power. This is what we're being invited into. It's time to seek him. It's time to get in the game. It's time to rend our hearts and not just our garments and let him do the mighty work that we would have a burden for souls and become laborers in his kingdom. Come on, stand with me. Let's cry out together. God wants to use you. He wants to break in and disrupt. He's calling you aside. He's speaking to you. Some of you need to take a day off from work and just cry out to God the whole day. The question is, are you hungry for what God has for you in this season? Don't be so busy building your own house that you forget about his house, his purpose, and those around you crying out for the good news of Jesus Christ. You contain the good gift of God. Come on, let's just cry out for a moment. Lord, have your way in us. Do your mighty work. Prepare this vessel. Prepare this house to be a house of glory. Oh, may we be poured out before you. Capture us with the beauty and worth of Jesus. Oh, may the gospel grip us. May we lay hold of the grace that laid hold of us. Transform us. Change us. Sanctify us. Send fire upon my heart. That I'd be an instrument of your fire in the earth. Come on, say, God, send fire upon my heart. Fire upon my life. Use me. Prepare me, oh God. We want to please you. We want to please you alone, oh God. We don't want to be entangled in civilian affairs. We want to please you. We want to serve your people. Serve the lost. We want to win souls. <laughs> Prepare my soul, oh God. Use me as your sickle. Send your fire down. Cry out for something fresh today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire, fall down. Hear our cry. Answer by fire, oh God. God of Elijah. Pour out your spirit. Rend the heavens. Pour out. Your glory, your fire, your wonder, your beauty.